The most important big tech censorship case hits the Supreme Court. Trump will now be speaking at CPAC, and Coca-Cola tells its employees to be less white. I'll be getting into that and more on The William Hall Show. big tech censorship case hits the Supreme Court. This is a monumental case. This is a big deal. Many people aren't talking about this, and I'll be getting into that in a second. But this was all sparked and started by Laura Loomer. And if you're not very sure who she is, she is pretty much the most banned woman in the United States. After around 2018, she got banned from Uber, Lyft, Chase Bank, all of these different places. And single-handedly was one of the most banned people out there, if not the most banned. I'm pretty sure she actually is the most banned person on or not really on the internet anymore considerably. And the U.S. Supreme Court is considering whether or not to hear a case brought by her and Freedom Watch against Google, Apple, Facebook, and Twitter, alleging that the masters of the universe have been discriminating on the basis of viewpoint and coordinating with each other in an anti-competitive manner. So this is all about the idea that they don't want conservatives to speak on their platforms or anybody that holds conservative views. Everything that they do is all aimed at trying to keep our voices from being heard, from denying a platform from people like you or me. And because she has been banned like crazy in so many places, that is obviously making her the best candidate for somebody to go in with a case like this. She's proof of all of these types of censorship. So Loomer also ran for Florida's 21st congressional district last year and was the only major candidate in the country who was denied access to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and PayPal while also running for office. So really insane when you think about that, because Twitter always told us, well, you are, as long as you're a person that is in government or like any person that or is running for office or anything like that, then you should have a platform regardless of what it is. Basically, we might ban a political pundit, but we won't ban somebody that is actually in Congress or running for Congress or something like that. But they've done that. They've denied her the ability to actually have a platform at all to run on. And nobody, or very few people, mind you, in the conservative landscape, the the GOP members, very few of them, actually were really willing to come out in her defense and say she deserved to be on Twitter and advocated for her in any way possible. So the case dates back to 2018 when Laura Laura Loomer and Clayman sued Google, Facebook, Twitter, and Apple over allegations that the platforms violated the First Amendment, the Sherman Antitrust Act, and the District of Columbia Human Rights Act. The thing is, is that this is all great. This 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 case is important. It's a it's a landscape for really what we're dealing with in the United States right now as conservatives. The problem is we can't trust the Supreme Court. That that's my only concern when it comes down to this is that the Supreme Court has not ruled in our favor when it came down to the election results and it surely has not ruled in our favor as far as big tech is concerned more recently. But now more than ever they seem to be throwing out cases and more cases over and over again. And many conservatives that are not talking about this case are running around really kind of ignoring that it even exists. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Ben Shapiro, 
Daily, pretty much everybody at the Daily Wire. All of the major kind of elite conservative speakers are not mentioning anything about this case or any other case for that matter. The people that are championing, talking about free speech and being on free speech platforms oftentimes ignore those platforms, by the way. Very rarely do they decide to actually come over to Parler, to Gab, to these other sites. But when they do, they they want this welcoming party, this big hoorah, you finally made it kind of thing. But most of them are just ignoring all of these other free speech platforms. And then when you have big cases like this, regardless of what the outcome is, none of them want to talk about it. So that's why I'm talking about it. Because I care about free speech enough and I'm not a part of the conservative elite that's concerned about trying to keep their videos and everything else on YouTube, but concerned about speaking the truth and letting people know what's actually going on out there when there are important cases that need to be discussed. So we'll see where this case goes. Um, It's obviously in the Supreme Court's hands, so it's entirely up to them. And that's what the issue is that we're dealing with here. The Supreme Court is not really on our side, even if they're kind of is a conservative majority. The problem is that they they don't even really want to vote on many of these cases, which is kind of a sad time right now, especially when we're dealing with big tech censorship, which is just getting worse and worse by the day. So we'll see where this goes. I'll keep you updated on that and we'll have to see what happens. And also now you have Trump that has announced officially that he will be speaking at CPAC. And this is going to be his first public appearance since after leaving office. So this is, in fact, a big deal. If you don't already know, CPAC's like this big conservative convention that is going to be taking place in Orlando, Florida this year. And he's going to be the keynote speaker at this entire event. This is happening on Sunday, February 28th, which is the last day of the conference. The speech will focus on the future of the Republican Party and the conservative movement. This is incredibly important for many, many, many reasons. But the biggest one is, yes, this is the first time that he's, of course, speaking out since leaving um, office. And this is at a big event as well. And I think it's really a time for Trump to set a path for the actual conservative movement and let people know this is where we're going. This is what's going to happen. Because right now, many conservatives are not wanting to side with Trump. They were all for him but when he was in office, and now all of a sudden they turned on him the second he's out of office. The issue is that the voters have not turned on Trump. So anybody going forward that is effectively not in support of Trump is going to have issues getting elected in the future, mind you. And shortly after Trump made that announcement, Mike Pence, of all people, said, well, I'm actually not going to go now, which was a pretty weird statement from him to literally wait till Trump said he was going to be there for Mike Pence to say that he wasn't going to go. This isn't a good look for anybody that's trying to put on this facade. The, all, of these, all of these people that are the conservatives that are refusing to support Trump at this time are going to have issues going forward now. And Pence already kind of had his own spout with Trump as it was on the with the whole electoral vote issue. But now, when he's refusing to even pretend like he even wants to be at the same place as the guy, really, really shows the the divide that's going on there. This is only going to hurt Pence. It's only going to hurt people that choose to go against Trump at this moment. Whether the Republican Party likes it or not, Trump is still going to be the future of what it is. And if Trump isn't the exact person 
that we're that people are clinging to. It'll be someone else that's very similar to Trump. It'll be somebody that Trump endorses. People need to realize that and stop trying to go in a different direction. If they want to go in a different direction, that's fine. Go ahead. But they need to understand that they're only destroying their careers at the same time. So it's pretty sad when an Australian media company somehow has better news anchors, better news organizations than your own. So this Australian media company actually ran a segment on Joe Biden's dementia. And it's pretty crazy that they actually tell it like it is. Never before has the leader of the free world been so cognitively compromised. It's clear to me at the least that US President Joe Biden is struggling with dementia and is clearly not up to the task he's been sworn in to do. This was apparent to many during the election campaign, but such was the hatred for Donald Trump by the partisan and poisonous mainstream media. They chose not to highlight anything that actually may have derailed a Biden victory. Even now, after he's been sworn in, many of them are still refusing to speak the truth about Biden's lack of capacity. It was quite telling that uh, while President Biden was playing Mario Kart and napping all of last weekend, apparently he had no official duties, his ambitious deputy Kamala Harris was telephoning foreign leaders. That's a novelty for a vice president. And this week, he emerged to participate in a sanitised town hall being interviewed by the Bidenista, Anderson Cooper of CNN. Biden promptly gave away his teleprompter and the result was nothing short of a disaster. Biden started off by excusing the genocide against the Uyghur people by the Chinese Communist Party. He dismissed it as just Chinese cultural norms. And then he made what many interpret as racist comments about television commercials. Did you ever believe five years ago every second or third ad out of five should turn out to be biracial couples? He said, like, who cares about that? Who counts that? And why bring it up? But then he went on to suggest that blacks, Hispanics and people who live in the country aren't really smart enough to get online. A lot of people don't know how to register. Not everybody in the community, in the Hispanic and the African-American community, particularly in uh, uh, rural areas that are distant and or inner city districts, know how to use, know how to get online to determine how to get in line for that COVID vaccination. Well, what a way to offend almost all of your voter base. Anyway, it was capped off by Biden admitting he doesn't really know where he is a lot of the time. And he actually needs to ask his carer, um, I'm sorry, his wife, where he is when he wakes up in the morning. Over the years, over your career, you've already spent a great deal of time at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, except now you're living there and you're president. It's been four weeks. What's it like? How's it different? I get up in the morning, look at Jill and say, where the hell are we? Serious question. Why isn't our news this honest? I mean, why is it that our mainstream media cannot compete with this? These guys are willing to tell the truth. They're willing to actually present the facts. And, and of course, you can tell several times where the guy is clearly attacking our own mainstream media because they refuse to actually tell people the truth. And at the same time, they're clearly bringing up the people that listen to those mainstream organizations like CNN and, and the other ones that are out there. And he's clearly showing us and telling us that the people that are listening to those things also 
don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're listening to. They just believe everything they tell them. And they literally believe that Biden is this perfectly faultless person and that Trump is the most evil person ever who has never done a good thing for anybody. They believe that's the case. When the reality of all of that is that it's not always so cut and dry. You actually have to see both sides of this and understand that Trump had its, had its faults and Biden has many faults. It's the way that people are. Nobody's perfect. But if you're listening to the media, they'll make, it, they'll make you believe like nothing actually happened, that everything is just perfect the way that it is with Biden in office right now. You know, even Fox isn't honest about Biden's mental state many times. A few of the people are. Tucker Carlson is pretty decent about it. But many of the people that are on there aren't reporting on this stuff. And it takes a news organization in Australia to actually tell the truth. Pretty crazy, isn't it? So I'm not sure if it's related to this clip, but on Thursday, Facebook blocked Australians from viewing and sharing news on the platform because of proposed laws in the country to make digital giants pay for journalism. Now, this is pretty crazy because you have Facebook right now that's basically telling the Australian people, you, you can't consume your own media. That's basically what's happening here. So Australian publishers can continue to publish news content on Facebook, but links and posts can't be viewed or shared by Australian audiences. So it's like they're blocked from their own place, like country's news. That's pretty scary. And, and this is this is coming all from Facebook here. So Facebook blocked readers from access to the Bureau of Meteorology, state health departments, the Western Australian opposition leader, and charities as a result of the company's wide-ranging ban on sharing views or viewing news. This is all Facebook trying to clamp down on what people can or cannot do. Now, I don't know if it's really because the Australian news media is telling the truth about our actual political climate or what, or if it's just a way for them to just show how much power they have, that they can just base sim simply tell people that are using Facebook in any specific area that you're not allowed to view any of the news there whatsoever. This isn't about the U.S. anymore. This is ranging far beyond that. And if we let this continue, Facebook could very well change the narrative about anything that's going on in our political world today. All around the world. Not just a U.S. thing. Not just a, a U.S. election thing. But anything around the world. Twitter, Facebook, any of these places could literally change that narrative. And, and it's only going to get worse as they become more significant. As... They have disagreements with other countries. It's going to happen sooner or later. And just a quick reminder that I do have a Patreon account where you can directly support the channel here and the show. But also, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or anything like that, please remember to leave a rating as it does help us out. Coca-Cola is now sending their employees this online training, making them go through this, that tells them to be less white. Right there, you have a problem. <laughs> you have a pretty big problem if you're a company doing this to your employees, making them go through this ridiculous training. So this initial report actually came from a whistleblower within the company, and they posted these screenshots, which if you're watching on video, you can see those here. And it tells employees that they need to be less white. And in order to do that, to what they're saying that you need to do to take on this lessening your whiteness, is that you need to be less oppressive, to be less arrogant, to be less certain, to be less defensive, to be less ignorant, to be more humble, listen, believe, break with apathy, break with right solidarity. That is what they're telling people. 
This is insanity right here because what you have is this very simple situation where they're trying to force employees to automatically feel that being white has some some problem. It's some issue that you are white. And for you to combat this, you have to be less white. And, and they define white as being oppressive and arrogant. All these things that they're telling you to be less of is what they're telling you it means to be white. Let that sink in here. They're telling you that it is that that as a white person that you are automatically oppressive, arrogant, certain, defensive, ignorant, and not humble at all. That you don't listen, that you don't believe. What what is that what does this have to do with someone's race? What they're basically saying here, when I read these words and what they're telling you you need to do to be less white, is really to bend the knee. Be weak. Let us tell you what to believe. Don't be sure of yourself. How dare you be sure of yourself? Let us tell you what you need to be. So this goes on in the next slide that they were showing people in this video. And it says, in the U.S., other Western nations, uh, white people are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white. What? What? What is this? Research shows that by age three to three to four, children understand that it is better to be white. Look, I've been around three to four year olds. They have no idea what that is. Ask any three or four year old. They don't, they, they have no concept of these things. I mean, what they're preaching to people here is that racism is literally just somehow automatically ingrained in people without them even knowing it. It's that subconscious racism stuff that they're trying to push down everybody's throat. That's not true. Any three to four year old, I can guarantee you the last thing that they are concerned about looking at or talking about is someone's race. They're three to four years old people. This is what they're telling people at training at Coke. Now, a lot of people, a lot of Democrats went on Twitter and they said, this is fake. This isn't right. There's no way that Coke would ever release something like this and have this as training for their employees. Well, guess what? Coke admitted they did it. They admitted everything. Here's a statement from Coke. They responded, the video circulating on social media is far or is from a publicly available LinkedIn learning series and is not a focus of our company's curriculum. Yeah, <laughs> sure it isn't. Sure it isn't. Of course. <laughs> they said, our Better Together global learning curriculum is part of a learning plan to help build an inclusive workplace. It is compromised of a number of short vignettes, each a few minutes long. The training includes access to LinkedIn's learning in a variety of topics, including diversity, equity, and inclusion. We will continue to refine this curriculum. This is from a LinkedIn learning class, and it's called Confronting Racism with Robin D'Angelo. Now, if you don't know who Robin D'Angelo is, this is the possibly the dumbest person on planet Earth that people, for some reason, keep pretending as if knows what they're talking about when they really don't. They are famous for this book called White Fragility, in which they tell you that if you are merely a certain skin color, in their case, white, that you are automatically racist, and that there's no way for you to escape racism. This book has been debunked a thousand times over. It is a complete and blatant lie to anybody to trust anything that this book is talking about or saying. In this book, she tells you that if you are try if you tell somebody that you're not racist, then you are racist because you're realizing that you, you have to say that you're not racist to make yourself seem like you're not racist. That's the kind of stupidity that this 
this educated person apparently is talking about in this book. And this is the person that wrote this class that Coke is now using to teach its employees. If that doesn't scare you, it should. Because this is insanity. This should not be taught to anybody. And the fact that any of these employees are even seeing this, I mean, you're basically paying money to be indoctrinated. That's all it is. In no way possible scenario is this considered as teaching you anything. How does this make society better at all? How, how does this have anything to do with any of this stuff? Uh, about running a company or being an employee of Coke? Why, like, what, at what point did companies become out of touch about with what is important for their employees to know and do. I thought for all of these years, what companies were concerned about is that employees do a good job. Not that they are concerned about what race of other people that they're working with and all of this stuff. This literally has nothing to do with having a job anywhere. So why are companies willing to waste thousands and thousands of dollars in time and money to teach this to their employees. Maybe I'm just crazy for asking these questions, or maybe Coca-Cola and these other companies are completely out of line. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. So students were instructed to be less white, is to be less oppressive, less arrogant. We talked about this. Less certain, to be less defensive. All of this stuff is being sent in a training kit, instructing all of these white people how to do this. Now, let's take a second here. Let's let's take all those things about it, talking about being less oppressive and less arrogant and less certain. Let's flip it for a second. Let's say, just for the sake of example, that this whole thing said how to be less black. And it said the same thing, to be less oppressive, less arrogant, less certain, less defensive. What if it said that? Less ignorant, less humble, or, or more humble. What if it said that, but it was be less black? People in the media would lose their minds. They wouldn't know what to do with themselves. This would be all over the news constantly talking about how racist whoever it is that wrote that course was. But for some reason, it gets a pass and not just a pass, but a flat out endorsement by a humongous company like Coca-Cola. And if you think they're the only ones that are supporting this kind of stuff, you're out of your mind because there's plenty of other companies that I guarantee you were doing this and we just haven't heard about it yet. So this is scary stuff because all it proves is that if it if it fits one bill in one way and people are okay with it and then you flip it and all of a sudden it's racist, it tells you that it is racist regardless. Either you don't have a problem with either side of it, which of course the Democrats won't have you do, they, they won't accept that, or you have a problem with all of it and it's all racism. I'm going to lean on the latter. It's all racism. If you hate it, if it said how to be less black, then you must hate it if it says how to be less white. Racism is racism is racism is racism. It doesn't matter how you want to change it or what color you add in the box. It is what it is. And stuff like this should be shunned no matter what. Stay away from this crap. It's false, it's stupid, and it makes no sense. Everybody pretty much knows what happened with the situation in Texas. There were a bunch of power failures and there were freezing temperatures below zero. People were dying. People were unable to get any heat at all, any power electricity. You had the media basically slamming Ted Cruz because he left Texas to go to Cancun, even though he was just trying to get his family away from the freezing temperatures. And of course, him being back did nothing for anybody. 
And I mentioned on a separate video that it was nothing but a massive distraction away from what was actually happening in Texas. Also a big distraction away from Andrew Cuomo and his nursing home death issues. But really, it was a distraction away from what was happening in Texas for real. So in this case, what was actually really going on is that the Texas grids collapsed and the data is now in. We now have the data talking and showing more information about what was actually going on there. Wind failed as ice storms knocked out nearly half the wind power generating capacity of Texas on Sunday as a massive deep freeze across the state locked up wind turbine generators, creating an electricity generation crisis. And now and the natural gas made up the difference for a while, but then everything else was basically shutting down the pipeline effectively after that happened. So here's a graphic of a little bit of what, what that looks like. Texas was heavily reliant on wind energy, and the graphic shows 40% of Texas energy production shifted to wind from wind and to natural gas. Like you can actually see the shift here. A lot of their reliance on energy was in the wind. So this is the problem with green energy. All the Democrats were trying to basically tell you it had really nothing to do with the windmills. It was all these other failures. Of course, those failures happen with natural gas and whatnot, but they only happened because they were trying to make up for the power through those other things. Texas is extremely reliant on wind energy. All these things that the you know conservationists are so concerned about constantly are what basically failed in Texas and caused the rest of the things to fail. They're not built to last in these kinds of conditions and Obviously, they were trying to shift the blame away from the windmills, but the data shows the opposite. It is their fault. That was the first in line of failures that caused everything else to basically fail down, kind of down the ladder there. The over-reliance on wind power in Texas did, in fact, kill people, plain and simple. The coal and natural gas and nuclear plants obviously had their troubles as well, but like I said, it was the windmills that started this whole issue in the first place. And... They weren't prepared for this. And regardless of all of that, if it had just been in reliance on natural gas, nuclear power, none of these things actually would have taken place at all. The power source that lost the most amount of generation on a percentage basis is the wind. It was the wind energy that failed in Texas. So we have the data now. So anybody that are that's going out there trying to refute this information and deny it needs simply just look at the data. It's there. Plain and simple. There were other failures. Wind was the main thing. So with all of that being said, regardless, once again, it's still a tragedy. It's still something that should have been prepared for, that Texas should have been prepared for. And many of the other different service providers and power companies and whatnot should have been prepared for anything, for, like, for things like this. But it happened regardless, and there's not much that we can do now. Regardless, that is all I have for you today. I thank you for watching or listening to the show. And I will see you on the next one. You just watched an episode from the William Hall Show. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe.